it's an hour-long class, which will be out this fall. And there will also be a CD available of all of the music done by the Black Yoga Meditation Ensemble. A box of chocolates Would I know To stay away oh, I said Hand off his box A box of chocolates Would I eat Them anyway Cause Every time I have Half a mind to leave you Babe That means I have Half a mind to stay it's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike, and Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food and culture every Thursday evening at 6.30. Today, a very special subject. Today we've got a subject about books and music and music and books and cheese. Yes, in fact, there is a book in the collection of the University of Michigan Library, one of the libraries, that is mostly cheese, but not completely cheese. Contemplate that for a while, if you would, while I give you a little bit of an appetizer right here. What would be better than cheese and onions, right?
There it was, the Prefab 4 and the Ruddles, as they're actually called, and that was Cheese and Onions at the same time. The title's actually just Cheese and Onions, but it was happening at the same time. And now it's Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm Mike. You know, I've read from books on this show, books with poems about food and cookbooks sometimes. But today I'd like to talk about a book that I can't read because it has, but it, well, it has a food connection, and it's at the University of Michigan. But to see the book, you have to make an appointment. Normally, you can check it out, as in see it, you know, check this out. But you can't check it out, as in take it home. And yet, it's not visible to the public at the moment. And why is that? Okay, well, the other day, I got to see the book, and I got to talk to Jamie Vanderbrook, who's a librarian at the University of Michigan. Among the many hats she wears, she purchases artists' books for special collections at the Art, Architecture, and Engineering Library, and she develops book arts programming to complement that collection. I asked her, what are we looking at? So we are looking at a book that's called 20 Slices, uh, but people call it the cheese book. It's a, a book that's an edition of 10. There are only 10 of them in the world, and we have one of them at the University of Michigan. Um, it's comprised of slices of Kraft American singles bound together, and it looks just like from the shelf, like a library book. So you ordered for the library? What, uh, what, what, what brought your decision to order for the library? Right, right. So I order artist books for the library. There's one other person who does that as well. So she and I split that task. and. Um, one way that we get artist books is that artists directly contact us and tell us about their work. So last summer, actually another thing on the table is an inflatable jacket for a book so that you can read it in the pool. Um, the artist who made this book, he sent me an email um, and said, I'd like to send you an inflatable book jacket. Would you like one? And by the way, I make these books. And I read through the list of books and I saw this book made of cheese and I thought, oh my gosh, we definitely have to get that. <laughs> what were you hoping to achieve having a, a cheese book in the library? So what I do with these artist books besides, you know, acquiring them and, you know, helping them on their way to sitting on the shelf is show them mostly to students. Although, you know, at the University of Michigan's public entity, so anyone can come see the cheese book and compared to most of our artist books, it's seen the most visitors from um, beyond campus, which is awesome. But basically just that, like I, I wanted something that would inspire people to think a lot about the form of a book, which is sometimes kind of a boring thing to do, but it can also be an exciting thing to do. Um, but it just comes naturally, like people get, sometimes people get upset about the cheese book. Um, and so evoking strong emotions is kind of like a good place to start if you're trying to get people excited about a collection. So overall, uh, what are the different parts of the book made of? So the middle part of the book is literally just Kraft American singles. Um, I did get a chance to meet the artist, and he confirmed for me that it's not sewn together. So normally, the paper part of a book is sewn into the spine. I mean, I guess that's not always the case, but that's kind of like a what we think of as a book structure. But in this case, the Kraft singles are they're kind of glued along one skinny edge into the back of the book. And it looks just like a book that you'd see in a library. Like it has that sort of like cloth bound look. It's sort of squat. Um, it matches the form of a craft single. 
um, and then it has a bright yellow cover and then embossed into the, um, into the cover is the title. But that's the only text in the book. It's just cheese. And the cover is made of? The cover, the inside of the cover is like book board, just like a regular book, and then it's covered in a bright yellow fabric. Okay. What are some of the reactions you've had, specific ones? Well, one thing that I thought initially was interesting is that like every single person who touches a book at the library before it gets to the shelf, like it has to, it has to be ordered, it has to arrive, it has to be unpacked and cataloged. Everyone kind of freaked out a little bit. So, you know, when I wanted to order it, they were like, really, like, what is this we're ordering? And then when it finally came, people were like freaked out about whether it should go in the fridge. Um, and then the cataloger had to think about, like, what is it about? Because that's normally what you do when you catalog a book. Like, you, you want to communicate to the world what this thing is about so other people can find it again. But, like, what is a book of cheese with no words about? So he had he had a lot of fun thinking about that and like his his thinking about that and the other um, cataloging person they did some posting online and all of a sudden people were posting about it um, in something that's called librarian Twitter, which is basically just librarians who talk to each other a lot on Twitter, um, and then from there it kind of more people started to talk about it and more libraries started to order it. So we are not at its normal space. Where is it usually? Where are we now? And why is it that we're here now? Well, so we knew when we bought Cheesebook that it might not last forever. So it's been in the collection for a little under a year. And we weren't really sure how long we would get out of it. Um, it's a little funny, like when we buy books for the University of Michigan, we buy them with this expectation that we will keep them forever. That's like our duty to the book and to the community, like now and future. Uh, we don't usually buy things that we think are not going to last, although, you know, there are exceptions to that. So we bought this kind of preferencing people's experiences with it now, knowing that it, it's not possible to perfectly preserve it the way it arrived on day one forever. Um, so the book lived in the Art, Architecture, and Engineering Library, which is on University of Michigan's North Campus. But right now we're in the Conservation Department which is on South Campus, and it's in conservation because we're not sure if it has mold. So it's down here to be examined under a microscope. It might not have mold. It might just be doing that thing that cheese does when it gets kind of old. Um, so cross your fingers that that's what's going on. Uh, what brought you to think it might have mold on it? It's got these little white spots on some of the pages, pages, right? Slices of cheese. Um, but they might just be like a little salt or like the cheese kind of drying out a little bit. So we're not sure that that's the case, but if it, if it is molding, it shouldn't really hang out with the other books. And there seems to be some kind of minor damage on top of the book? Yeah, so the book is, uh, the pages are cracking as people explore it. So that's something that um, it's just a product of cheese not being typically used as pages. Um, but I think it's kind of cool, like the book is not the same every day. Um, and that's true for every book, actually, you know, but we like this is this like takes everything you think about books and um, magnifies it. So that makes it a lot easier to talk about with the students.
Good evening, it's Pandora's Lunchbox, and here we are talking about a book that's primarily made of cheese. It's at the University of Michigan. We're going to take a little cheese break here from the Cheese Talk with a cheese song called Cheese Cloth. It's quarter to seven on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. That was Cheesecloth by the Savoy Family Band from their album Turn Loose But Don't Let Go. Cheesecloth is the name of it, and I kid you not, it says here on the liner notes, Mark learned this song from Cheese Reed. Cheese Reed. That's C-H-E-E-C-C-H-E-E-S-E-R-E-A-D, the late great Cajun fiddler. He enjoyed the challenge of playing this very uncajun tune on his accordion, Cheese Reed. Speaking of Cheese Reed and Cheese Reads, on today's show on Pandora's Lunchbox, it's a cheese book. But oh no, what will happen to the cheese book? If you just turned in, we're talking about a book with pages made of American cheese singles. 
wrapped in that thin plastic film they usually come in. It's called American Cheese, or possibly called 20 Slices. Either way, it was authored by Ben Denzer. If you can author a book with pages made of cheese. It was a rather small book. I was talking to U of M librarian Jamie Vanderbrook. We were kind of towering over it being human beings, and I just had to ask. I think I garbled the question a bit, but I asked her, has she developed a personal connection to the cheese book? Do you have a, have you developed a personal relationship with this book? Totally. I actually, I was really sad when we saw the mold. I don't know if it's, um, if it is really mold. I hope it's not, but I don't know. I knew that it might not last forever. I knew it wasn't going to last forever, but when we found that, I felt sadder than I thought I would. Um, yeah, I'm quite attached to Cheese Book. It's really, it's transformed um, our, I guess, the last year in the, like, the collection of the artist books. It's really brought new life into what we do, and I'm super grateful for Cheese Book. How long do you think it will need to be here? Down in conservation? I don't know. Um, if it's not mold, I think we'll probably just talk about the best way to continue to keep it happy. They have already given me um, a little box for it to live in, and it also lives with those little packets that you get with your shoes, you know, like to keep them from getting moist, like in the in the shoe store. Um, so I've got these little packets and I like switch them out, so it already has kind of like a care routine. Um, so we might just adjust its care routine. Um, if it does have mold, it will probably have to have a quiet life where it's only viewed like you're viewing it today, like more special viewing it will become a bigger deal just because it will be more of a logistical thing. Um, so I hope that's not the case. Well, I've really enjoyed looking at it. And um, one thing you mentioned before I started recording is there's a special way to hold it to make sure that the slight damage on the top wouldn't affect it too much. Yeah, so Cheesebook would really prefer to be cradled when you're opening it, because um, uh, setting it flat on its spine, it kind of flops open in a way that tears that, essentially. So the parts of Cheesebook that are cheese are at odds with the parts of it that are a book. Hmm. So like the paper and the glue and the fabric, they're not really that happy about being so close to something that's like got that level of moisture. And then the cheese parts are not not real happy about being like thumbed through or um, flipped the way you flip pages. Like they each kind of had originally different destinies and now they're bound together and they've just got to get along. <laughs> so we're kind of like finding the best solution for that object as a whole. But that's not like, um, it's like, as you heard when you first came in and we were kind of talking about it, like it requires talking to people who don't work here, like getting outside advice because it really pushes the envelope in a lot of ways as a book object. Well, I think, uh, is there anything you think we haven't covered, so to speak, like covering us, <laughs> so to speak? Um, that's awesome. Uh, what haven't we covered? I guess I just think that, like, one thing when you first came and we were looking at it, like, that, that makes libraries different than museums is that, like, you're expected to have your own personal interaction with the object. Um, we expect people to touch things and page through them on their own. and. Um, you know, for some things that are very, very special that might involve like hanging out with a librarian or someone who works at the library, 
Um, but for the most part, you get to you know have your own relationship with the things that we have at the university library. And I think that's a really cool thing about libraries. It makes them different than museums where everything is behind glass or if there's a book on display, you, you get the page they picked for you and you don't get to like see the next one. Um, so I think that's something that's really cool about libraries having these intersections between books and art. It gives people a chance to really experience them the way the artist originally wanted people to. Well, it's 10 minutes to 7, and it's Pandora's Lunchbox. Face the Music is coming up at 7. You've been listening to a conversation I had earlier this week with U of M librarian Jamie Vanderbrook about a very special book called... American Cheese, possibly called 20 Slices. It's a book that has a traditional binding on the outside. The pages on the inside are all slices of American cheese. Is it a book? Is it food? I don't know. Do you know? Jamie Vanderbrook has written an article in the magazine called Saveur. I'm going to pronounce it that way in hopes that it's correct. S-A-V-E-U-R. Saveur is the French word for flavor, and I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, You can look up in Savura Magazine the article from Jamie Vanderbrook about this cheese book, and I will keep you up to date to find out if those little spots on the cheese pages were mold or just some salt deposits or or what's going to happen. So I will keep you up to date. We must know what happens to cheese book. And now an appetizer. I was sitting in a bar, tired as a bat, but I walked to me, and old Alec Cat looked at me and said, my son, cheese and crackers, anyone? I said, no, I don't like them. They put him in the bed The doctor looked at him And this is what he said Uh, Cheese and crackers, anyone? I said, no I don't like them Before I started to roam Every time the dinner bell I could hear my daddy yelling Cheese and crackers, anyone? I said no uh-uh. I don't like
on it? No. Crackers. And it was. Is any explanation really necessary? Cheese and Crackers by Roscoe Gordon on the Sun record label from a wonderful Sun box set. Well, we're winding down on Pandora's Lunchbox, and here's the thing, you know. So I opened up a book and found cheese inside, and I went to a library and I found songs with cheese in the title. It's kind of confusing, but it's all very entertaining. I hope, I hope you're being entertained by whatever it is I'm doing. And we're going to do one more song about cheese, I think, before we sail on into Face the Music with our wolves selection of songs, a special selection of songs, which we'll start with In a Little Gypsy Tea Room by Mrs. Jack Hilton and her orchestra from 1935. That's coming up in five minutes, the first song on Face the Music. Are you ready for it? Because I'm ready for it. But meanwhile, let's go to Leslie Johnson and Butter and Cheese and All. goes like this. What a pity it is to tease me or try me for to sing when it does not lay in my power to do any such thing. But since you have teased me so, I'll try what I can do. And when I come to the chorus, why, you must bawl out too. Why, you must bawl out too. It's of a cook I fell in love, and the truth I don't deny. For why a cook should have her choice, I'll tell you the reason why. Because she has plenty of mince pies, plums, puddings, and roast beef. And when my belly was empty, she gave to me a relief. She gave to me a relief. She sent me an invitation, some supper for to take. I kindly did accept it, oh, for my belly's sake. And after supper was over, of the cupboard I got the keys. One pocket I crammed with butter, and the other I stuffed with cheese. And the other I stuffed with cheese. And supper being over, about half an hour or more, when the master smelling of my cheese came tapping at the door. And I, not knowing where to hide, up the chimney I did hide. And there I sat quite at my ease, like a sweep exalted high, like a sweep exalted high. I hadn't been long there sitting, or sitting at my ease, when the fire began to melt my butter, likewise to toast my cheese. And every drop that fell in the fire, it caused the fire to flare. And the old man looked up the chimney, and swore that Satan was there, and he swore that Satan was there. Then up to the chimney top he got, and down some water poured, and I came tumbling after my butter and cheese and all. But I'm safe down from the chimney now with a smut and a greasy face. And out of the street door I nimbly ran, and down the street I was chased, and down the street I was chased. The dogs did bark, the children screamed, up flew the windows all, and every soul cried out, well done, as loud as they could bawl. So to make an end to my ditty boys, I hope I aren't kept you long. So I wish success to the chorus, and sing another good song. 
and sing another good song. Sing a whole a whole bunch of good songs, why don't you? That was Leslie Johnson. I understand that Leslie Johnson is also the name of the blues singer Le- Lazy Lester, but that is not Lazy Lester. Perhaps he's lazy, but he's not Lazy Lester. That was from a collection called Good People Take Morning on the topic label, and that was Butter and Cheese and All. I've been Mike for at least a half an hour. Thank you for tuning in to Pandora's Lunchbox. Face the Music is next. You're listening to this very radio station. That's what you're doing. It's WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. All right. Brad Licks. Hot Jams. Brad Licks. Hot Jams. WCBN. FM Ann Arbor. Rad Licks. Hot Jams. Rad Licks. Hot Jams. WCBN. 88.3 FM. When I'm listening to the radio, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to be listening to WCBN. I'm Patrick Elkins, and this is Hot Meat for Young Lovers with Jib Kidder. And when we listen to the radio, what are we going to listen to? Hot jams. Hot jams. Hot jams. Hot jams. Red Hot jams. Red Everybody, this is Mrs. Jack Hilton speaking. Gives the voice and myself great pleasure to record for the first time on Crown Records. And here is in the little gypsy two room. I do hope you'll like it. Gypsy tea room when I was feeling blue. It was in a little gypsy tea room I first laid eyes on you. When the gypsy came to read the tea leaves, it made me feel quite gay. When she said that someone in the tea room would steal my heart away. I really thought it inconceivable, but just imagine my surprise, you made the story quite believable. 